As a parent, it's tough to catch everything. So when my son showed me his reading assignment, my heart sunk. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. That's the voice of Laura Murphy, one of the many mama bears who spoke up and changed the course of Virginia's elections. Today, we're going to hear her personal story and her encouragement of how one person can make all the difference. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman. Well, as you heard in our opener, we have a very special guest with us today, Laura Murphy, a mother of four kids who experienced the Fairfax County public school system. And Laura, as their mom, you've been on the front lines as one of the foremost parent voices out there who really just helped ignite this whole spark of courage that culminated in this, what I would call a firestorm for parental rights that we saw sweep the state during the November elections. And we're going to get more into that in just a moment. But first, I would love for our audience just to hear a little bit more about you. Tell us a little bit about how you got through raising kids through a public school system in Fairfax County. And give us some tips about that, Laura. Oh, well, I have four children. Um, Three of them are out of the house and um, all have jobs. So that's a blessing. Um, but it was it was quite interesting growing up with four kids in the house, especially when my boys were two years apart. So I had three boys, and then my daughter came along. And so I survived Little League Baseball and swim team and lacrosse and track and field. And now it's finally nice to conclude with dance recitals and rehearsals and dancing in parades and school concerts and that type of thing. And that's so interesting because you have a law degree from Notre Dame, right? Did you use that or did you decide that, you know, being a full-time mom was the direction you were going to go? No, I think I was able to use it, um, especially with respect to looking at things critically. Um, I was able to use the jurisprudence and ethics, logic, and truth as I was trying to discern how we could get a parental notification Um, through whether it's the county, the State Board of Education, or the General Assembly itself so that we could um, protect children in in the Commonwealth's public schools. Yeah. So having that law degree really gave you some power to understand what was going on and help other parents fight back. And we're going to get more into that. But real quick, just give us a fun tip today uh, for parents trying to navigate the public school system right now. Yeah, I think my best advice would be just to educate yourself and know what's going on. Um, Actually read the syllabus, talk to your teacher, email them, and I think most importantly, just talk to your child. Ask them what's going on in in classroom discussions. Um, Ask them what the homework assignments are. Ask them what library books they're checking out. Um, I think the best way is just to have that communication chain open. Yeah, and folks, Laura knows exactly what she's talking you know, about here because she has been through it. And just this past November, during the election cycle, you entered the fray, so to speak, and chose to share your story publicly, which really helped call more attention to this whole parental rights issue at a really key time. And, of course, we played a clip of that at the beginning of the show where you were just sharing your heart about how your jaw just dropped when you learned what your son was being required to read. Tell us a little bit about what happened back then? 
Well, one evening, um, my middle son, who happened to be, I believe, a sophomore in high school, was reading a book, and it contained sexually explicit material, um, some pedophilia, graphic scenes. And my older son, not missing a beat, um, heard the discussion take place and came in and said, well, if you think that's bad, wait until you see you know, my assignment. So I started engaging and looking at these books, and that's where it all began. How did you even know where to start? I mean, what was your first move? I think you always start at, at your local school, and um, I went through the process there, and they weren't able to make significant changes. And so um, I was thankfully encouraged and supported by friends and, and family and other other moms um, of students, and we just took it all the way to the General Assembly, which ultimately resulted in two bills being passed with bipartisan support. Yeah, that that's so amazing. I want to get more into that. I should put out a real quick disclaimer that we are going to get into um, sensitive topics. So if you have little ones around, might want to kind of put them in a different room or something. Um, and in light of that, I just want to mention that one of, one of the topics that your son dealt with um, that he was really having nightmares about in this book, it had things like sort of a gang rape scene and bestiality. I mean, this is serious stuff. So what did the school say to you at first when you're – what were you asking for exactly and what did they say? Well – Yes, that is true. Um, I think at the time, the Washington Post did ask him questions, and they it was their words that he had night terrors. But he w- it was more um, he was disur- disturbed by some of the content that he was reading. And as I looked at it, you know, I obviously became concerned too and, and took it to the school. What was your real heart concern as a mom when you read the words in this book? I was surprised. Um, when I went to talk to different um, legislators um, at the General Assembly, I would give them verbatim quotations, and they were shocked and surprised too. As a matter of fact, I tried to email verbatim quotations to the State Board of Education, and after three hours of trying and sending it from different computers, we figured out that the firewall from the State Board of Education precluded these verbatim quotations from ever reaching them due to the content. Well, that's very ironic. Yes. But from a mom's heart, what is your gut reaction when you're reading these words that your son has been required to absorb? Yeah, I understand the First Amendment, and I understand that teachers have a right to assigned material. All I was looking for as a parent was to be notified. And so that I as a parent can make that decision on whether or not I wanted my son or daughter to read books that contain this sexually explicit material. Yeah, I mean, if they're, especially if they're gonna be traumatized, you should at least know about in advance what you need to do to try to protect your kid's heart and at least be prepared to talk through it at a minimum. Right. You would think, and I also had some psychologists also testify to that. I had actually one testified in front of the Board of Education, another one sent a memo saying how harmful it could be for some of these students as young as a sophomore in high school reading this material. And um, in addition to that, some some children have come from abusive relationships and being so unsuspecting and reading some of these accounts could really have right. some detrimental effects. Um, so just bottom line, you brought these initial concerns. Can I at least be notified if you're going to give my kids explicit content, require them, you know, this in a classroom? And you've been very diplomatic about how you're describing it, but I'm going to summarize that you were flat out ignored. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. 
If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. So, Laura, just to kind of fast forward to what happened this past November, you decided to step back in the fray several years after what happened to your son um, because, you, as you said, you saw all these parents going through this. And so you decided to share your story very bravely in an ad during the November election that pretty much went viral. And you even found yourself the subject of a parody on Saturday Night Live. So what was that like for you? How did you get through all this and was it worth it? Um, In one word, yes, it was worth it. Um, We wanted some closure. We wanted to see it through to the natural end. And when Governor Yunkin promised to sign the bill should it come on his desk, that gave us all hope. And the whole team of friends and um, neighbors who supported this cause back in 2016 and 2017, they're ready to go again. They're ready to support this type of legislation and get it get it to the desk of the governor. It was a it was a difficult time, but honestly, it brought our family closer together, and we felt like we uh, closed the loop and finished what we started. Well. You know, just to give people some context, some of the criticism when you came boldly out and shared your story again, what happened um, during the election, um, I saw people trying to paint you as a racist and people saying things like, well, her son was in an AP class. He should have been able to handle it. I mean, you even I would say that you were it's pretty much obvious they were trying to spoof you on a Saturday Night Live (laughs) episode, (laughs) which now you kind of have a claim to fame. I don't know how many parents can say they've actually... (laughs) <laughs> their story's been kind of yeah, co-opted, on, right? Yeah, co-opted. Um, how? What gave you the courage to speak out anyway? You know, and whether all that. I think I had a lot of practice, honestly, back in 2016 and 17. There was a lot of newspaper articles written about me and this legislation, so I, I had already gone through it, and um, we've come full circle. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, Saturday Night Live, it was interesting. When President Biden was campaigning with Terry McAuliffe, um, President Biden um, talked about his wife and how much she liked the book. So even they talked about the bill. But once you make Saturday Night Live, uh, you know you've you've hit the pinnacle. (laughs) Well, what would your advice be to other parents about just having the grit to weather through that, these efforts to intimidate you and silence you and shame you, really? I think just have the courage and the faith to continue on. We had um, a lot of friends and family um, and people who attended our local church. They were all praying. Um, It's nice. That gives you encouragement and comfort to know that people are praying for you. Um, I had a lot of support from just neighbors. So it's nice to feel that strength in organizations like Virginia Family Foundation. Um, You know, I knew they were right with me back in 2016 and 17, and they're right here with me today. So I take comfort in that. Absolutely. Well, as we said, you're still, though, continuing to advocate for changes at the, the state level. And you fought that battle for four years. Now, amazingly, you did eventually with help from parents and other groups like Family Foundation, like you mentioned, um, across the state, you did get it through the two different uh, chambers, the state Senate and the House of Delegates. But Governor McAuliffe was the brick wall. He vetoed it. So do you feel like we have a better chance now, now that leadership has changed? 
and getting the same law that you're trying to get. Yes, I I do. Um, I was I was at a few rallies where Governor um, Elect Youngkin um, gave his education speech, and he did say on more than one occasion that he would sign that bill if it was put on his desk. So I'm excited. I'm encouraged. I hope that the General Assembly, when they meet, that they pass with bipartisan support a bill that we'll be able to put on the desk and Governor Yunkin will sign it into law. What is the most important thing that people can do right now that parents listening can do to help with that? I think they should educate themselves the next few months um, when the General Assembly meets. There's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of votes. It's it's sometimes difficult to keep up with, but I think um, these email alerts from Virginia Family Foundation are amazing. Um, so I think first and foremost is to educate yourself. I, I think you need to act. So write the letters, email, make the phone calls, talk to your representative, um, and finally pray. I think we need a, a lot of prayer. Well, let me just give a real quick shout out here for people wondering how they can get involved. How can you even know about if this is coming through the state legislator and add your voice? And so the Family Foundation does make it easy for you. If you just go to familyfoundation.org and sign up for our email alerts and our text alert, that allows you, for example, when this measure requiring parents to be notified when sexually explicit content is being uh, introduced in the classroom or being required to be read in the classroom, when that's coming through, you get a notice that this is in the uh, state uh, Senate committee dealing with these issues and that your voice is needed. And that way, you know the moment that it's going to count when you can add your voice to thousands of others all across the state and just really keep this momentum going that we started this firestorm for parental rights. Keep it going during the legislative session. We really need to keep that, um, you know, hold people's feet to the fire, keep that pressure on right now, and support what parents like Laura, what the Family Foundation is doing to empower parents to protect their kids and to be involved in what's going on in the classroom. Um, So, Laura, let's just kind of wind up here with, um, I just love your story because it's almost like God used your faithfulness, your willingness to, to step up and courage in a Joseph kind of way, you know, where you you were faithful in answering God's call, but you couldn't see the end. You didn't know it was going to be, you know, for your battle, but yet you kept it up. And then it all kind of culminated or came back around during this um, debate, the governor's debate. When your story comes up again, it's almost like you made it into the governor's debate. <laughs> um, and it's a great way that I think it's a good example of how God can use one parent, um, mm-hmm. you know, in multiple yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your encouragement be to parents that feel just so overwhelmed with even taking that first step to speak up? Yeah, it's it's definitely difficult. It's not for the weak of heart, but I think as more of us stand up, it becomes easier, um, and we do it as a group. It we, we're strengthened in numbers. Um, I do remember, um, again, to have people around you praying for you. The Bible study that I was in at the time was on Esther for such a time as this and how one person, like you just said, can and will make a difference. So I just think it's incumbent upon all of us, whether we're parents, whether we're neighbors, whether we're grandparents, we all have a role to play and we're here to protect our children. And we can all send an email. We can all make a phone call. We can all, you know, write a letter. And um, I think that's part of our civic duty. Right. And remember, you are not alone. 
even though you might feel alone in your individual school district, there are people all across the state, thousands of moms and dads, moms like Laura, us at the Family Foundation, we are behind you, so you will not be out there alone. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.